It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined by one of our absolute favorites. He was in the trenches with us in 2016. He was, in fact, the first person to tell us all on election night that what we were doing was joining the resistance, uh, and he has literally not stopped fighting since. Zach Pacanis is the senior advisor for the New War Room, Invest in America, and he's here to explain to us what is going on with the COVID relief package all day and possibly all night. Thank you, Zach, so much for waking up early and hanging out with us. Zach, how are you doing? You tired? I, I, hey guys, um, I'm, I'm great. I have my Elizabeth Warren Billionaire's Tears mug in my hand filled with coffee, and I am ready to roll. Excellent, because it could be a, a really, really long day. Um, we have not yet talked about the American Rescue Plan uh, wending its way through the Senate today, so if you would like to set up for folks what we're going to see today and possibly overnight, uh, what's, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. So the, um, you know, as everyone, you know, uh, if you picked up, a, if you, you looked at Twitter or, or turned on the TV, you know that over the past uh, few weeks, the Congress has been uh, debating the American Rescue Plan, um, or more accurately, uh, Democrats have been trying to move the rescue plan through and Republicans have been doing literally everything right. they can to, to block it. Um, the rescue plan is $1.9 trillion dollars. Um, of much-needed funds to help us crush the virus and to get the economy back on track. So it includes things uh, like the $1,400 stimulus um, checks. It includes funding to boost vaccine distribution. It includes aid to keep small businesses open. It includes state and local aid uh, for, um, for states so that they can keep essential workers like, you know, nurses and EMTs and doctors on the job uh, fighting COVID. It is crucially uh, necessary, and that's why Democrats have been uh, pushing it through. Uh, but unfortunately, Republicans are trying to block it. And that's what we're going to see today in the Senate. So the Senate, um, the House passed the bill uh, last week. The Senate is going to uh, hopefully start debate today. They were supposed to start it yesterday. They got delayed a little bit. Um, uh, but unfortunately, we have Republicans like Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, mm. Rand Paul from Kentucky, who are going to do everything that they can to try to delay even the start of debate um, on this bill. Ron Johnson says he's going to require a reading of a substitute amendment, the entire bill, which is going to take oh. add another 10 hours to, right. the, uh, uh, to the calendar. But this but is a very that, popular gonna... bill. Like, it's Republicans, in, like, like actual Republicans, like not Republican elected officials, like random Republican Americans, they want this. This is like one of the most popular bills that Congress has ever taken up, right? It, it, is, it, is, in, it is, in fact, one of the most popular, you're exactly right, one of the most popular bills in the history of the Congress um, right. to ever have been taken up. There was a poll uh, this week for Morning Consult, 60% of Republicans support this bill. Right. Um, yet you have Republican politicians like Ron Johnson who are trying to delay the start of this bill. And so, you know, what you're going to see today, uh, hopefully, if we can get through this, you know, uh, th these delay tactics, um, 
is the process of reconciliation, to, which is to pass this bill, which means they have to go through something that's called Votorama, which means that they get <laughs> the Republicans get to try to attach a million different, you know, poison pill amendments to try to kill this bill and force Democrats on the record um, uh, to try to split the caucus. Um, Chuck Schumer has done a masterful job the last time he went through uh, Votorama in the Senate to keep the Democratic caucus unified in pushing back against these, you know, poison pill amendments. I think we expect to see the same thing today. Um, but if everything goes, you know, according to plan, once we get through these obstruction tactics, Votorama and the delay in the reading and things like that, hopefully we'll get it done by this weekend. Uh, then it goes back to the House uh, early next week, and hopefully we have a bill signing sometime next week. I know this isn't the point, but I just feel like the Senate rules need to be changed. <laughs> like, I just feel like, you know, this is, you know, when you hear when you hear how things really work and you're like, that doesn't sound right. That sounds dumb the way that they do that. Um, that somebody should fix that. And I know that, you know, the Senate is an institution and they love to do it. But like, obviously, this doesn't work properly if one um, party set on obstruction is able to manipulate the rules to make the body completely dysfunctional and not functional. Um, in terms of the optics of it, do the Republicans think that it's a good look to seem like they're wasting time while people are at home? Because we can watch them. Like before, maybe if they were doing Robotorama, we weren't like at home, but now we are. We're like a little more still than before. We're noticing so many more things than we did before COVID. Are, are they concerned at all that they are going to look even more ridiculous um, if they do have, you know, the clerk stand up and read the bill for 10 hours today? I, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think that what you're hitting on the, the key miscalculation that Republicans, um, uh, you know, are, are engaging in right now. I mean, their, their stated purpose is to try to delay the bill to pull, to bring more attention on it for the American people with the hopes of, uh, you know, having the uh, sky-high approval ratings for the bill fall, I think it's a pretty hard sell to to tell people to pay more attention to a bill that in, that will send them $1,400 stimulus checks, that that sends $50 billion to keep small businesses open, that that will 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 uh, include money for school reopenings, <laughs> to right? Be happen faster, right. money to get vaccines in people's arm faster, and say that when people pay attention to that that the approval rating for the bill is going to go down. That seems like a pretty hard sell to me. So I... <laughs> right. <laughs> like, these are, this is why this bill is so popular. It's like, do you yeah. hate the last year? Do you want to fix it? Here's how to fix it. And everyone's like, yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So they keep saying that this is a... a that, like, the, the blue state bailout is the phrase they keep using, and they're really good oh at my alliteration. God. I, oh, my God. There's... <laughs> but it's like, okay, one, we're the rich states. No one's bailing us out, guys. If we, if, if y'all decided to secede, we know where the money would be. It's not... It, we're not getting the bailouts here. But but let's talk about it not not in terms of they always do this and they like to pretend that, you know, they're, you know, contributing to some sort of welfare state for us. This is not about the large metaphor, the, one, of, one of their large lies. This is about just this bill. How is this bill, how are they spinning this bill as a blue state bailout? So it's really very confounding because, I mean, first <laughs> off, state and local governments are in, are in dire need. Red state and blue state, state and local governments. Yes. They, they're facing, this, the Center for Budget and Policy um, Priorities 
put out um, a study saying that there is a $300 billion budget shortfall for state and local governments. And just to put a, you know, put a point on what that means, you know, state and local governments, they pay for essential workers. They mm-hmm, pay for the mm-hmm. nurses and EMTs and doctors and firefighters. Uh, they pay for, for, for hospitals and public health systems. They pay for unemployment insurance. Um, and so when there's a $300 billion shortfall, that means that the people that are supposed to be fighting COVID, the relief that's supposed to be getting to the American people um, is, uh, is not getting there. And, the, and the, the issue, it's not just hitting blue states. Alaska, you know, that's a pretty red state. Their mm-hmm. revenue is down 42% from last year. Oh, wow. North Dakota is down 14.8%. Florida, down 11.3%. Texas, down 10.4%. So this, you know, so when they talk about a blue state bailout, the $27 billion that is slated to go to Texas so that, you know, nurses and hospitals can stay open, that's not a blue state bailout. No. And if you actually put up the numbers of, of where, the, where the money is going, nearly $180 billion goes to states that either Trump won, states with a Republican governor, or states with at least Republican center. So that's over half of the money is going to states that have, you know, either voted for Trump, have a Republican governor, or elected a Republican to the United States Senate. And so I just think the distinction between red and blue states is really dumb in general, but uh, especially yes. true in when, a virus. when there's a global pandemic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the virus is not asking your political affiliation before it menaces you. So, okay, so you're the- saying that this argument might not be in good <laughs> It's what I'm. Oh, I mean, we're we're back at the bad faith arguments. We've (laughs) we've never we've never dealt with that before with this Republican Party. (laughs) I have a question. Yes. Yeah. So my question, though, is: Are people do do you get the sense that voters have put together that schools can't reopen without money, that businesses really can't reopen without money? Like money is required. The this bill is so that you can send your child back to school because that school will have the ventilation and the PPE for the teachers and maybe vaccines potentially um, for the staff and for the teachers before going back in. So you don't have, you know, a week of school and then a mini outbreak. I mean, do have people sort of connected these dots? Because I feel like they are right there in our faces. Like all the dots are right there and you just have to see the matrix and be like, oh, this bill is how we get back to some sort of normal. But you can't reopen without any money. I, 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 look, I think you're right. And I, look, I think that's one of the reasons why this bill is so popular. You know, I mean, you have poll after poll after poll showing three quarters of the American people support this. Majorities of Republicans su- support this. And, and I think the reason is, um, I don't know if you've been watching the the White House press briefings, but Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, um, you know, goes up there basically every day when asked about the price tag of this bill and asks a really simple question. What do you want to cut? <laughs> if you don't like right. the $1.9 trillion, what do you want to cut? Do you want to cut the $130 billion to reopen schools faster? Do you want to cut the, uh, the, the $66 billion so that uh, people can actually get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in, in their arm and the Moderna vaccine or the Pfizer vaccine? What is, it, what is it that you want to cut? And I think that the Republicans have had a very hard time answering that question. And so they've turned to these sort of weird lies um, because I think people do get that um, if you want to life to return back to normal 
if you want to start filling the $10 million jobs hole that we have in this country because of coronavirus, if you want um, to go back to bars and restaurants and, uh, and movie theaters, um, do. you know, we need the American Rescue Plan. <laughs> and that, <laughs> I mean, it's just as simple as that. Well, and we have unemployment insurance benefits running out, like, in a second. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because, I mean, it, it really does put a, um, it, you know, it really shows just how, how awful the Republicans are being by trying to delay this bill, you know, day by day. On March 14th, expanded unemployment benefits begin to run out um, for, for people. And, and these are, um, you know, we're talking about the, the, the only thing that a lot of families have to put food on the table, uh, to, to pay the rent, to, to pay the bills. And that starts that starts um, phasing out on on March 14th, and so there really is a uh, stop clock on uh, you know for Congress. Every day counts um, because every day that you know because if they miss this by one day, that means people are going to miss out on the the checks that they need in order just to survive. And so you know it's so it, that's why it's just so awful what Ron Johnson is doing. You know because you can think like well okay so they read the bill and it takes 10 hours. You know, 10 hours is a full business day. Um, that means that we are one day closer to this deadline, which means, um, you know, if anything goes wrong uh, between now and then, people could miss out on checks. So these, these aren't just sort of esoteric, you know, arcane Senate rules discussions. They have real implications yeah. on, on people's lives. And Ron Johnson knows that. And, I, and you know, it's hard to see how, um, you know, uh, this is not in, at least part, in, partly intentional. <clears throat> he's up in 2022, right? He certainly is. Why is he, he doing this to is. himself? Why are you hurting yourself? <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself, Ron Johnson? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is... People are going to remember really... this. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so confounding, you know, because the politics on this are so clear. It's just hard to think why, you know, why, you know, Republicans didn't ju- wouldn't just say, you know what, we're going to give the administration this and then we're going to go beat him up on the next thing, you know, but yeah. like why they would be pouring gasoline on themselves and lighting themselves on fire in the middle of a raging pandemic where 10 million people are out of work, 400,000 small businesses have right. closed, schools are having trouble reopening, people are dying for vaccines, and they're out there trying to cut funding for all of the things to make those things better. <laughs> right. It's, it's nuts. So, but th- <laughs> this is one of the things that I always am like sort of perplexed about like I don't I mean I get okay so then I do this whole thought experiment of like this doesn't even make sense like the strategy doesn't make sense if you have a majority of Republicans supporting a thing you probably should vote for that thing if you are a Republican I mean just it's just a thought I mean as obsessed they are with keeping the base like the 80% includes the base that even includes QAnon people probably um, (laughs) who support the COVID relief bill because this is a global pandemic, and even if you believe these weird conspiracy theories, um, you know, you still need to eat. You still need that vaccine. You still live in COVID. Um, and I just don't understand the math of it. I don't understand how you go against what people want, and then you expect to be reelected. And then I see all the voter restrictions, and I realize that they're not actually going for a fair fight. Right. <laughs> to, you know to cite the name of Stacey Abrams uh, organization. Um, But in terms of on the state level, I mean, 
Biden has done this interesting thing where he's engaged with governors and Republicans on the state level. Is that one way? I mean, that will that line of communication, is that going to help in your view, like make whatever relief is eventually sent and hopefully it is on time um, more efficiently used and utilized? Because I feel like it is surprising to me that Republican governors are like, even engaging but obviously they understand the math the way i do <laughs> and so, and in congressional republicans like i think they're in a bubble yes I, I i think i think you hit this directly on the head you know and i think it's one of the reasons that the that the biden administration has has been so smart in how they've been dealing with this you know a large part of their strategy is to just skip over the washington dc bubble i mean you look at you know you have Senate Republicans and House Republicans saying, um, you know, we're not going to support this bill. How can you say it's bipartisan if, you know, if we're not going to support this bill? You have to cut it in half or three quarters or whatever. Um, and, and the Biden administration is just sort of ignoring them and being like, this is an incredibly bipartisan bill. And we're incredibly unified as a country. Um, and they're just and they're just basically ignoring you know, uh, everything that the, that the congressional Republicans are, are saying about, you know, they're not supporting because they realize they have support of actual people um, in the country and they have support, I mean, as you mentioned, of, of state and local officials. And the reason is because they're looking at their budgets and they're saying mm-hmm. these numbers don't work. And if we don't fix this, um, we're going to have to, you know, cut the capacity of hospitals in, who are de- still dealing with, you know, we're at 2,000 deaths a day. Um, or we're not going to be able to to distribute vaccines, um, uh, which would you know prolong this right. crisis even even further. And so I, I just I think that you're exactly right, and which is frankly the way that the Biden administration has been has been operating by just going over the heads of congressional yes. Republicans and talking right. directly into the people. Well, like the May thing doesn't happen if this bill doesn't happen. Like when Biden said that we would all get that there would be I have to be careful because the quote is tricky. There would be enough vaccination for all American adults by May. That does not mean we all get shots by May. They need the people to put the vaccines in the arms like they, they need the infrastructure to make that happen. So without this bill, it doesn't matter if we have enough doses by to vaccinate all of us by May. We will not be able to receive them. And like, I, I don't know, I get I get worried, I, one, that Republicans are able to get away with this. And two, I saw a, a chart yesterday that suggested uh, vaccine hesitancy. Like we talk a lot about why there's justifiable hesitancy in the black community. The black community's hesitancy was nothing compared to white Republicans. White Republicans mm-hmm. were like 56% skeptical about getting the vaccine. Uh, black Americans were in the low 30s. Hispanic Americans were in the high 20s. And, and white liberals were basically like, no, 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 give us the vaccine. That's it. Like, wh- the, do, do are they counting on their constituents not understanding how to return to the real like to normal life? Like, are they counting on them not getting it? I I it, I mean I honestly I mean I I feel like I constantly go back to I don't understand Republican behavior, but I really don't understand <laughs> Republican behavior here. I mean I just I don't understand how you know I mean just look at what happened in Texas this this week with Governor Abbott saying that all businesses get to open at 100 at 100 percent and we don't need to wear masks anymore. And I was just thinking, like, don't you remember last September, the last time you did this, when your hospital right. basically shut down? Like, you know, those were those were your constituents dying <laughs> because yeah, right, of right. the overload of the system. And so, you know, I I so I I I, I just I totally agree with you. And, you know, part and, and I think that your point about 
you know, it's great to have a vaccine, but if it's sitting on a shelf, it's not doing mm-hmm. anything. Right. And yeah. that's what this that's what this bill is about. Like we have the vaccine or you know, we're going to have the va- enough vaccines for everybody by May. Um, and the question now that Republicans need to face is, do you want them sitting on the shelf or do you want them in people's arms? Because what we're doing right now is passing the money to get right. them in people's arms. And uh, I just think this the question needs to be as, as simple as that. In addition to do you want 1400 bucks? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Zach Pacanis, uh, thank you for breaking that down for us. Um, it really couldn't be clearer, which actually makes the issue tougher to read because it's so clear we don't get why. <laughs> I'm like, why this is, like, all right, we got it. We understand what's in the bill. We understand we all need it. We understand that there's going to be massive Republican opposition and they're going to be voting all night. OK, cool. <laughs> but we will get it done because of budget reconciliation. So uh, thank you for the work that you do at Invest in America. And thank you for getting up early to hang out with us this morning. We really appreciate you. Absolute pleasure. You guys yes. are the best. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.